and welcome to Injury Time. Uh, this time we are reviewing the ISL season ahead. And to help me with this is uh, Pratim Reddy. Hi, sir. Hi, Pratim, and thank you so much for doing this. Uh, second time for you on the show. And we appreciate it, of course. So, uh, excited about uh, the season ahead? Absolutely, yeah. Just definitely looking forward to it. It's been too long a break. And uh, itching to see how the teams have come back. A lot of familiar faces on the sidelines for a lot of teams and uh, some interesting developments in the off-season as well, so it should be a good season when it gets going. Uh, not too many new faces in terms of managers. A lot of the teams have decided to stick to their old managers. I uh, think that is a good thing, with the, in, in, in football you see them come and go very quickly. Yeah, I think we're starting to get towards how football clubs should be run, where you don't keep changing your coaches and management and uh, players every season. Good to see some stability. I think there's very few clubs that have gone in with drastic changes. Even obviously, ATK were going to change their coach, but they've gone in with someone who's been at the club before, so it's not too much of a um, new face. Uh, Delhi have stuck, and Chennai have stuck with the coaches despite having a bad season, which is good to see because they've seen that there's some positives. Like Chennai, Chennai had a good run in the Super Cup, and obviously the coaches won the ISL the previous season. So stuck faith with John Gregory there and uh, Delhi to believe that at least the results weren't there with the performance there and the development of youngsters which ties in with their philosophy and now that they're playing at a new place in Odisha it probably makes sense not to make too many changes with the personnel when you're already making such a dramatic change with changing of location same can be said for Pune to Hyderabad transformation as well yes, uh, so we'll go uh, break it down team sure. by team so Let's start with ATK since we went there. Mm -hmm. uh, what would you think are the chances? Like they are some a team that spends an awful lot of money and seems to come up short, especially in the last uh, two three years. Yeah, I think since they've broken their partnership with Atletico Madrid, their results haven't matched what their spending has been. Typically, the teams that spend the most do finish in the top half of the table, and especially in the ISL, you only need to finish top four. So. Given how much ATK have spent over the last five seasons, they should have been a top four team every season. And they've gone back to somebody who's been there before, and once again, they're the top spenders. I think they've spent upwards of 50 crores this year on personnel. Uh, had to let go of a lot of good players because they just had far too many players. So, they'll, on paper, they should be the strongest team. But, as we know in football, it's not on paper, it's on the ground. And their pre-season results are not that impressive with the way they've been playing. I watched uh, some highlights of their games against Southern Zanti and uh, Marmon Sporting. I spoke to some people who were at the game and uh, the foreigners are obviously impressive but the overall gelling of the team together is still not there. But let's wait and see. The first game against Kerala is going to be a little bit of a true test to see where, where they are. Yeah, a lot of uh, what do you say, excitement about Roy Krishna. Have you seen him play? Or? I've seen him way back in, when he was in Wellington Phoenix and uh, even for the national team he's, he's top player and obviously the likes of players who can play week in week out regularly in the A-League and score goals in that level uh, and bound to have an impact when they come here. So there's no doubt about his quality. But as we've seen in the past in the ISL we've, there's been a lot of good players who've come to the, to the ISL and 
failed to deliver. So it's let's see how he performs once the league starts. So um, another one of the things that we wanted to talk to you about ATK is uh, they have Dhiraj now, who signed from Kerala. They already had Komal Thakur, and uh, they got Michael Susair as Michael Virgin. Their signings are a lot of Indian players, like good good quality Indian players or players with potential to do well. How much chance do you think they'll get? Like say for a Joby just coming in, he has two foreigners ahead of him before he can get a chance. I think there's a little bit of a disconnect there because what the management want to sign is obviously players with a longer term vision, players who've got potential, players who've got resale value in the market. And when you spend so much on foreigners, you need to sort of rein it in a little bit on the Indian. So if you want to limit how much you spend, have to go with younger players or up-and-coming players. So that could have been the reason, or the logic behind signing the likes of Adiraj. But with Arindam there and Arindam having worked with uh, Antonio Habas at Pune, I'd probably expect Arindam to start. In terms of Komal Tatal again, he's a talented winger, but you've got Jayesh Rane and, um, and the likes of Darabh Dosovic, Williams and the way they're going to see their which forward players are going to play, it's tough to see Komal getting too much game time. And I think Joby Justin will be way down the pecking order because you've got Balwan there as well. And foreigners are almost often, more often going to start. And Habas prefers to play with a lone striker and players playing often. And um, so I can't see how they fit these guys in because Javier Hernandez is almost certainly going to start for them. Is it hard? How hard, difficult is it for an Indian attacker? Because we talk about Chetri. Next in line was supposed to be Jede, who I feel personally feel like has just fallen off and I'm not sure if he can find the mojo at the same level again. The next one we're looking at is probably Zobi, Sumit Pasi, all these people who are playing in and out of the national team. So I think Zobi's a bit too hyped at the moment in terms of he hasn't really done enough to be considered the next Sunil Chetri or the next uh, number nine for India because he's not done it for more than one season. He had one season in the I-League where he's produced the goods and credit to him for doing that and credit to East Bengal for giving him the opportunity to do that. But he's not done it consistently for multiple seasons. He hasn't done it in an ISL. He hasn't done it um, for the national team when he's been in the national team camps the coach hasn't been impressed with what he's seen from him and he's often been dropped from the squad in the last in the final cut so whereas the likes of JJ won the league with Mohan Bagan they won the league with Chennai's and he's been the top scorer even when he was at Pilot Arrows and in the I-League and in terms of what he's produced as an Indian striker so you have to see players doing it over multiple seasons before you can actually start classifying him as okay he's the next so and so he's the solution to our number nine problem or so, uh, in your opinion, who would be the standout player for them for ATK, and where do you think they'll? What do you think is a good finish for them? If they don't finish in the top four, it'll be a huge disappointment for them because, again, going back to how much they've spent, if you're spending that kind of money to not finish in the top four, it's uh, questions have to be asked about everything, about the recruitment, about the coaching, about every aspect of the way that club is run. So. In terms of foreigners, obviously a lot of the eyeballs are going to be on the likes of uh, Roy Krishna and uh, Williams. But I think Javi 
Hernandez will be huge, huge impact in the way they play and the way the game will be revolved around a lot about what he does. Um, and then I think they just have to find that balance at the back with where whether they play uh, Carl McHugh as a defensive midfielder with John Johnson at the back uh, with uh, Agus Garcia over there. So it's which five is he, he going to choose and how is he going to balance his foreigners with Indians. And I think the way Habas plays and likes to be tight and defensive at first and then look to rely on his attacking players to score the goals. In that regard, I think the likes of Pranay Haldal did key key element to him because you have to play six Indians. One of them is a goalkeeper, so the other five Indians. I think he'll probably go with a couple of defensive ones, the likes of Pranay and Senaj. And if you look at his recruitment, I think those are the kind of players that will have an important role to, to play for him. So now let's move to the next team, Jamshedpur. Uh, they are one of those teams who change the coaches. Mm-hmm. Uh, Antonio Giriondo, is yep. that how you pronounce the name? Yeah, yeah. I think uh, a little bit familiar <coughs> with this coach because he was at uh, Rio Machado Honda last season. In, um, it's a recently promoted team into the second second line in Spain. And obviously a tough job over there to keep the team in there. And I think they got relegated. But he played some interesting, yeah, the Zidane's son was playing for him. Enzo Zidane was playing for him last season and um, I think he, if I'm not mistaken a lot of the games I happen to be tracking their team because one of our former players Rafa Lopez was playing for him and so I think he prefers to play with a 3 at the back so it'll be a 3-5-2 or a 3-4-1-2 some variation but he will be opting to play 3 at the back which is a little bit different from um, a lot of the other teams in the league so there'll be a little bit of difference in style of play from the typical Spanish way that a lot of the other teams that we've seen so far um, and it's always difficult for new coaches coming in because I think they're not too familiar with the Indian players and I think they've let go of the Indian assistant coach and it's a new um, Indian assistant coach I think Stephen Dias is on paper named as the assistant coach but Stephen's not got the most experience as an assistant coach or any coaching ability in, in that regard so it'll be curious to see how they gel their Indian players because they've made some big signings and some experienced signings in terms of their Indian players but how they fit into the system will be an interesting one to see so um, always you associate Kapil with someone solid like he will he can probably set up a team for a draw and mm-hmm. then get a draw so that kind of a coach um, how do you think the players will react as and you being someone who's coached, how do you think a player reacts to someone coming in, changing the sort of ideas that used to exist and they were comfortable with through them? I mean, it's been a while since Coppola was at Jumpship, so a lot of those players won't be there. I think last season they had um, the other Spanish coach was there and uh, it was a pretty open style of play. They were quite attacking and uh, scored a lot of goals, but they just couldn't find that right balance between... Do you think that will continue here also? I think it's up to the Indian players. I think Thierry's obviously a standout for them at the back and Thierry's probably going to start every game. Uh, the young lad, Narendra Gaylord's over there. So if Narendra and Thierry can form a good partnership at the back, that could be something that bodes well both for the club and for Indian football because the young young kid's going to get a lot of game time, which we need our centre-backs to get game time in the league. Um, and they've got the experience of the likes of Keegan Pereira has joined them from a good season at North East. So Keegan brings a lot of experience winning the leagues with BFC and he's been around the ISL circuit a while and 
probably as he's getting older could shift into a, a left centre back role and if you're playing three at the back it could be something where you've got a natural left footed player on the left Narendra on the right and Thierry leading it from the centre so they could be quite solid again at the back they've lost the likes of Mario Arquez but Memo is one of the best defensive midfielders in the league you know what you're going to get out of him and Isaac's a good signing in terms of creative Indian young midfielder who's got great legs he'll work up and down and um, obviously CK Vinith we all know enough about him and he's going to get you goals um, if you give him chances Vinith's going to get you five or six goals a season so uh, I think it's the balance that they find with, between the other Spanish players and um, and the young Indian players they could be an, an outside chance I think but they'll probably be a top 16 yeah. one of the things I wanted to check on was the strike the attack they have Vinith Farouk uh, PT Sergio Castle and Basi uh, in terms of depth and goals it's not not even depth because I think five strikers is a lot but in terms of goals do you think they are a little lacking there when you have Koros and uh, Roy Krishnas and Sunil's of the world uh, running around I think Basi and Farouk are not the most prolific but coming off the bench they give you the work rate if you're playing with plays with two strikers then he normally will go with one Indian one far if he plays with a 3-4-3 three, three, then you'd see Farouk and the likes of Ibn playing more wide and having the foreign striker as the more central role in that regard their pace can cause problems Farouk's got pace Benit's got pace and there's no doubt that that's something that's effective um, at this level but then again that's, if you do go that way then where does Vikash Jairu play where does um, I say Isaac or Mabashir will play because last season uh, Jerry Jerry Moya was quite impressive for them on the wings they've lost him but um, that was one of their strengths about their wing play so it, it depends we never know with the likes of PT and Sergio Castell if they have a good season we talk about Coro now mm. because of what he's done in the last two seasons but when Coro joined uh, FC Go no one was talking about they've signed Coro he was, he was actually their second choice striker behind somebody else but he was first choice one got injured and Koro came in and, and took his chances so they could they could have unearthed somebody who does really well just like Chennai City as we did last year yeah Manzi Manzi Pedro Manzi no one was expecting and Pedro Manzi by the end of the season every eye the club probably wanted him <laughs> yes I think uh, Rohit had a good battle to keep hold of him mm-hmm. he has to uh, but you already said top six side, uh, but who is the player that you are more, most excited to watch in the team? Um, I mean, uh, I think Narendra is the one that stands out because he's done well under the, under the Floyd at uh, the Arrows and Stimash has given him a couple of opportunities and he stepped up. And um, Aside from the goal, I think he grew in confidence over the uh, Intercontinental Cup and looked, looked a little bit more composed as the season. Um, as, as the India games progress so once he gets more games under his belt at the top level of course he's going to make mistakes but that's how younger players learn so that's the one I'd probably have a keen eye on, on seeing how he develops uh, let's talk about uh, Northeast United FC I honestly don't know if they have signed a coach have they? yeah they've got Robert Yani uh, the Croatian coach because okay. I, I couldn't find any okay <laughs> So, uh, what do you think of that team? Because they, I think, overachieved last year. Uh, I mean, again, it comes with an asterisk. Uh, so, what would you say they achieved last year? 
Um, so that was a narrative, at least. Yeah, I mean, no one expected Northeast to qualify into the top four because they hadn't in the first four seasons, four five seasons. So it was a surprise for everyone to see them up there. But over the course of five six seasons, probably every team at some point is going to make the top four. And there were a lot of team, teams last season who had four seasons. I think ATK uh, were four last year, as were Pune. As for Kerala last season, Delhi, Delhi played well, but Delhi played well. Delhi were poor too, obviously, with no wins for I think the first nine or ten games. So, and Chennai as well. So, the defending champion. So, when you take when five teams who people felt should have been there or thereabouts don't perform well, then it gives an opportunity for somebody else to sneak in. And I think defensively they were very solid last year. That helped them sneak in and. They had something which they've been missing all these years, which is a goal scorer. And I think in Bath, in Obeche, they had somebody who's, even when the team wasn't playing particularly well, could pop up and score that goal out of nowhere. And that gave them confidence because they knew they had um, an outlet. And for me, their standout player, were, obviously, Obeche got all the credit for the goals, but uh, Gallego, Federico Gallego, was, was fantastic. Great, great to see foreign player who contributed not just so much in attack which we expect them to do but off the ball and defensively his work rate was phenomenal and unfortunately he's injured and I don't think he'll be back until the January window so that's that could be a crucial loss for them remains to be seen how Robert Yarny picks up from where Elko left off Obviously, obviously is a big loss but they do still have the, a lot of the good Indian players. Like last year, I thought Redeem did very, very well mm-hmm. uh, for a large part of the season. Yep. So, uh, do you think they can bounce back and do the same kind of performance uh, right off? Because Elko is kind of a different sort of a coach right, in terms of his character. Yeah, I think see, Elko was there for two seasons. The first season, uh, when he was there with them um, and, and Avram Grant, they were poor. Uh, there was no doubt about it. That was a, uh, wasn't a very impressive Northeast United team. And, Last year, as we said, they they were better, and the problem I feel they still have is defensively. So much as we have the likes of Redeem and um, I thought Puitea was very good last year, they've added the likes of Milan Singh, they've added the likes of uh, Rupert Longrum, who going forward can offer a lot more, and they probably strengthened a little bit in the goalkeeping department with a little bit of experience at Subashish and lack of. Uh, a long time they finally let go TP Renish which I, um, I don't think TP Renish served them that well over the seasons that he was there uh, last season a lot of their success came down to the fact that Pawan played mm-hmm. a lot of the crucial games so they've strengthened in the goalkeeping department I think going forward and in midfield they've got some good Indians but defensively I think they're going to struggle because as we mentioned earlier they've lost the likes of Keegan Pereira they haven't really got that much in terms of centre-back options Gurwinder's not getting any younger uh, Neem Dojri's joined them from Pune who can play at centre-back as well as right-back but I, I feel he's better off suited as a right-back so they're a little bit lightweight and one of the other key defenders was Mato Girgic who moved to Mumbai so they've lost players in key positions so it's interesting to see how how the coach manages to fix fix that aspect so I have a genuine question, which is because I don't understand this. One of the things that was said last year was consistently said that. So Northeast does not spend, they don't have enough money, they spend very little. 
but i thought uh, there was kind of a cap or something with maximum you can pay for a player that is and stuff like that so you kind of end up getting similar number and now is it is a cap for foreign players in terms of not just your overall squad how much you need to spend but it's more guidelines from the league that this is what you should follow there's no hard and fast rule that if you go above the cap then you're going to have points docked off of you or anything if that's the case i think 80k is yeah. flirting with the um, salary cap every season but typically if you look at it northeast are one of the were consistently over the course of the last 5 6 seasons been one of the lowest spenders but you don't always have to spend the most to win the league generally generally anywhere in the world the teams that spend the most tend to be in the top four positions in in the league but there for every the uh, rule is exception you have the Leicester city story you have the isolevskis the minervas and the chennai city fc last year So you can break it with some smart signings, and I think where Northeast were very good last year, and their management were, got their foreign signings perfect. So without spending as much as an ATK or uh, or a BFC, they managed to get the likes of Obeche, Gallego, uh, and um, the other Colombian lad who was at the back, Luero. Uh, they got some really good players within about it, and I think they've done similar good bit of business now. And a lot of time, the marquee used to be the marquee didn't fall under the salary cap, so clubs could get around that. And although the, I think that rules no longer exists, but they've got Asimov and Yan now, yeah. uh, so he could if he can still score the goals like he used to. Then how how did they get it? Uh, that is a that big. They got it. As I said, their management now the people working with them have got a good network of uh, scouting network in terms of picking up foreign players. And um, if you look at their team, it's very similar to the Delhi Dynamo's. team of under Zambrota mm. they've got the likes of Milan Singh Rupert Nongram uh, they were in Sorampore so, so a lot of similar names from from that time so it's the same management that are there so it's be you know the person of course I know yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. uh, so now where do you what, who are you most excited to see in this team and uh, where do you think they'll finish like a decent finish for them I'm in terms of I mean I would have loved to have seen Gallego play again and unfortunately I don't think we'll see much of him until it could be a little bit too late then. Uh, I'd like to see how Boitea develops uh, considering he had a good season last year under under Elko whether he continues to develop. Um, I'd like to see Milan getting back to the form he had some personal issues which affected his game last season and lost his spot in Mumbai but and Redeem was another one who I've known for a long time for my he was in my youth team yeah Chilong so he's come along really well and sometimes a lot of these youngsters they have one good season and then they don't manage to maintain that level or or kick it on to the next level so he's one that if he can manage to be consistent again and kick on to the next level he could be one of those people that's knocking on the door of the national team in terms of where they would finish Unfortunately, I don't think they're going to be contenders this season like they were last season. I, I think they'll struggle. Now, uh, let's move on to let's do. I'm <coughs> thinking of doing the Hyderabad and Odisha sure. in sort of a mesh together mm-hmm. because the most fundamental thing about them is that they're moving from Pune and uh, Delhi respectively. 
So uh, they retain the coaches. Uh, Joseph Campbell is there, Phil Brown is there. As a as a coach, yeah. when you move cities there and you are uprooting everything, what would be your main concern? Like you have your team with you, yes, mm-hmm. of course, but what would be your main concern? Does the dimensions, the altitude change, all that matter, or is that just the side? See, I think with Delhi moving, for example, last year they had one of the longest pre-seasons. They had a big chunk of their pre-seasons in Spain as well as in Qatar, Inspire Academy. So they just come back to Delhi just before the start of the season, played a couple of friendly matches with the Air Force and Minerva and then got their season off and running. So they probably spent more time outside of Delhi in pre-season than they had in Delhi. And we all know how their season went. I'm not saying there's any correlation how they spent it that time in Delhi. Um, of course, they have logistical problems about getting the grounds and the weather, and etc., etc. But once the league starts, you're in the same position as everybody is, playing home and away, and you're traveling. And they have good training facilities in Delhi, close to where the stadium was. Um, now, they've got very good facilities from what I've seen and heard in Orissa. Yeah. So it's just a new venue. So you're still, uh, for all the players, they'll be living in Orissa, they'll be training in Bhubaneswaram and playing their matches over there. So there's no real issue there and it's got pretty good connectivity so you can fly in and out of the game. So I don't think there's a real um, a major issue there, um, especially when they're playing the likes of the teams in Calcutta and some of the South teams. Mm-hmm. I think you've got direct flights. Yeah. Probably not as good connectivity as Delhi, but a lot closer. So that helps in one regard in terms of... Not like Guwahati. Absolutely, yeah. Minimizing travel time. So I don't see that as a problem. I think the, as from a player's point of view and a coach's point, you want to play in front of fans and in front of a packed stadium. It gives you a little bit of a lift. And when you're playing in front of 100 or less, as a lot of Delhi games were. I've, I've been to Jalen Stadium in Delhi where I think there were more security personnel and people related to the match than actual paid fans inside the stadium. So school kids like on the up yeah. There, yeah. So there was just no atmosphere at all at the stadium. So that's we hope to see a lot more atmosphere in in Bhubaneswar because we saw we didn't get it with the arrows mm. but because it's an ISL team, possibly you'll get fans initially showing up and then like with any fans anywhere in the world, if the team's doing well, it'll they'll continue to come. If the team performs the way they did last season, then They'll probably have the same similar situation. But they do look like a project, a long term project. When you look at them, a lot of youngsters, Chante, Vinitra and all the rest of them. Yeah, yeah, but they've they've lost Chante now yeah. to Chennai, they've uh, changed a couple of um, players, they've got Vinitra is you know, he's he's not as young anymore, he's the same age as Adanta, they were the same batch, mm-hmm. so we call them young, it's just they've been around for a while now. Yeah. Um they've retained the likes of Marcus Deva, they've Doran Soro, the goalkeeper, which I think is a bit of a mistake because one foreigner. Yeah. yeah, when you've got less foreign players now, one spot for a goalkeeper is probably not advisable. And over the last few seasons, teams who had a foreign goalkeeper didn't qualify. Mm-hmm. Uh, Delhi was the last couple of seasons, and ATK uh, last when they had Yasmin. Um, so I think it's they've missed the trick there. So. Again, I don't, I don't really see that as kind of this. What about uh, Hyderabad? We, we, we've known Fateh Hyderabad for a while. Yep. They've been trying to get into the first division for a while. Pretty good team, reasonably well run. So, uh, 
how big is the football market in Hyderabad? They, they decided to relocate here because we'll talk about Pune after this. Sure. So, yeah. I think well, Fatih has done phenomenally well in last uh, couple of seasons for a brand new entrant into a team market that just didn't have much football going on for the last 20 years and tried to pick up from where Hyderabad football used to be. And I think what Fatih had done quite well was they unearthed a lot of good young players who later got on to play in, uh, in the I-League and ISL. There's a couple of, ironically, the players like Gurtej who are now playing for Hyderabad FC who joined Pune. Joined Pune from having captain Fatih Hyderabad. Um, there's a there's a few others like that who spent some time in the second division with them. So they're more of a club that's developing young players and a very different model from what the ISL team is. But similarly, they didn't get much help from their local FA. So in the last two seasons, Fatih played their matches out of uh, Karnataka. Yeah, I think uh, in that stadium yeah, over they, there, they played at FSB, FSB, FSB yeah. and then they played. Anantapur as well one of the seasons so the facilities aren't there in in Hyderabad for a football team so that's that's where it's going to be a lot different than what Odisha Odisha's at the moment obviously training in Aspire because the facilities and they tie up with Aspire and when they come back they will be based as far as I know in in Orissa their youth teams will still be based in Delhi but the main team will be there however Hyderabad situation because everything's come in the last minute the team started their pre-season in Chennai did their fitness testing and then they moved to Goa so they've been in Goa for the past couple of weeks playing they played Churchill Brothers and beat them 1-0 yesterday so they based once again in Goa like they were last season and I think from what I know the ground isn't ready in Hyderabad and the first two games are away so that gives them a little bit more time and when they do eventually end up in Hyderabad. I'm not sure whether they'll have adequate or the best quality training facilities like what Pune had. Pune had some excellent training facilities in Pune. But, having said that, what they probably will get, again, because if it's a new team factor, it's a new um, franchise in a new city, they probably will have that initial feel-good factor and get a lot of fans coming to the first few games. And then it remains, as we said, if the team performs... I'm sure uh, Varun and the guys over there can they've got a good uh, local connect and they can get uh, the fans behind the team we will start to see some of the old football fans of Hyderabad coming out of the woodwork and yeah. supporting this team but it, it'll take time I think it's because everything's happened so quickly it'll be a little tricky for them to adjust um, into the new city compared to somebody else now you obviously know what it when you were assistant in BFC, assistant coach in BFC, you came into a city without, even without players, at least they have the players, you didn't have players, you, you were fundamental in picking up the squad for BFC. Yeah. And so you know what it takes to start a, a club at a different place and market and stuff sure. like that. Obviously, gone on to do very well and great success. So, the question is a two-parter. First one is uh, Pune, you coach there of course. Yeah. We have had Kalyani, Bharat uh, FC over there, uh, DSK Shivajans, Pune CTFC now, or Pune FC before, and many other clubs over there. Pune, on paper, looks like a great place to have you know, a club because of the weather and the tech uh, industry over there and stuff like that. So what is wrong, what, what is lacking in that place? That people keep investing in that area alone and then keep losing their money. 
and uh, of course second part is how hard is it to market your club to a new fan base like make them forget that we are from pune or some delhi or wherever it is to say okay we are a club from hyderabad or a club from odisha so i think the first part if if you look at what happened with bangalore fc Bang- bangalore is obviously a footballing city but having said that prior to 2013 before bfc came in i've been to i league matches where i came with chilong lajong to play hl and we had more fans as lajong mm. wearing red of lajong than there were hl fans uh, it's not to say hl never had fans way back in the day hl iti you couldn't get a standing room inside the stadium uh, so football's evolved in bangalore where the you know the public sector teams of the funding's not there so they had to shut down their teams of so the iti hmt hls Etc. 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 Is back slowly, but they're nowhere near. No, no. B division. B division. And it's the culture as well. Kids growing up in those in certain localities in Bangalore. The family was you know, you're either HL or ITI, and so as growing up a kid, you wanted to follow in your uncle's or mother's footsteps or someone in the family and play for HL or ITI. And it it was a government job security that you had, so you were striving for that as a footballer. And there's some legendary names. it's not like they've just gone after the local support or it's just the Austin towns or like towns they've gone after anybody who from Bangalore and prior to I think Kerala Blast is coming into existence a lot of the uh, uh, Malayali fans who were in Bangalore, Bangalore used to support BFC and it's obviously a huge part was like Serena Anto and later CK Vinay but it is just that they felt it was they had a connect that was the only South Indian team at the time uh, in the India League and so there that there was a strong connect so they BFC cashed in on being at the right place at the right time and doing all the right things as well so there's a lot of clubs can be in the right place right time but if you don't do the right things it doesn't work which takes me on to Pune Kanandru because when Pune FC first came they were touted as the most professional club in the I league at the time but it's a bit of a false statement because it's like kingdom of the blind the one-eyed man is king i mean there was no professionalism in indian football in early 2000s so to be you know to have proper to have a training ground was considered prof- you know professional in those days or to have a, a dressing room which even when i didn't have it they had a training ground but they didn't have a dressing room over there so and they struggled uh, they invested a lot in their youth they tried to do a lot of things the right way but eventually what they couldn't do was get fans into the city and you can't run a football club without fans because it's yeah it does it just doesn't work and i 
think that's what Bharat FC realized very early on and realized that you're just pouring money into a well so they they pulled out very early I think DSK were initially in it for the right reason in terms of developing youth when they got into the I-League and spending and for other reasons non-footballic reasons they had to pull out and FC Pune City is another one that just could not get fans in and part of the reason I think is the location the stadium's nowhere near but the actual city of Pune so you struggle to get people from the city coming there that said had they focused on the population in and around there there is a lot of IT crowd in and around there perhaps they could have done better uh, but yeah, as I was saying earlier if you don't play good football and you're not successful fans don't want to come to the stadium so the first season Pune probably had fans because ISL was a short season and it was something new so you had uh, some European big name players. big names yeah you had the likes of Trezeguet and yeah. Uh, yeah, Jermaine Penance and some uh, Tunchai and all these players David Platt was a coach so but they didn't they didn't qualify for the first three seasons Pune didn't qualify for the playoffs so I think people lost interest in this team and, and again there's no connect and where that connect I think comes from is it's not a footballing city Bangalore has football here before BFC there was football if BFC isn't here there'll still be football there are there's enough uh, football that happens Pune's league is amateur at best I was at DSK we used to play the Pune League on mud grounds and teams would show up with six or seven players sometimes you'd get walkovers it was a complete shambles it's gotten a little bit better now but it's still nowhere near how a local league should be so you're never going to get players coming through that system that will play for the club so you're always looking to get players from outside so you don't really build a connect with anybody in the city secondly there is no hot pot like we talked about in Bangalore there's regions where the football fan bases are there you don't have that it's not really a footballing city like in Maharashtra if you're talking about a footballing city Kolhapur is a footballing city uh, you probably get more fans in Nagpur for a football match than you will in Pune so that's probably another reason why they just weren't ever going to succeed in, in, in terms of football clubs so if anybody else is planning on having a football club I'd probably advise you not to go not to go to Pune and lastly I think you've, you're 3-4 hours away from Mumbai so you get competing with a huge market over there where there's there's a team there's a team so and you're always going to have that issue as well so um, between these two teams again who are you most excited to see and where do you think they will finish um, I'm excited to see how either about do because it would be nice for them to have a good season and bring back the glory of Hyderabad football. It's not going to happen overnight. Uh, I'm not naive to that, but Hyderabad used to produce a lot of international players and some top players who played in the Calcutta clubs used to come from Hyderabad. So if they can get that interest again in the city, we'll see a lot more youngsters. I mean, I know from Fatih Hyderabad does a lot of stuff at the grassroots level and there's a lot of youngsters playing the game now at a grassroots level. So if those kids can start coming to watch live games, watch some good football in the city, and that starts to attract more grassroots level clubs coming in, uh, maybe a, more baby leagues in the, in, 
the city. We start to produce players. That's that's fantastic. So taking the game from a city like Pune, where it's never really going to have much of an impact, putting it into somewhere like Hyderabad, which is definitely could have more of an impact. The same investment, I think you'll get better returns in Hyderabad if done properly. Similarly, I think what Delhi have done, they've kept their youth in Delhi because there is enough and their youth development is doing quite well in and, in and around Delhi. They've got the Tal League over there in Delhi as well to play in. They've got a lot of competition that they can uh, play in the Delhi League there. So they've been smart and not relocated the entire team to Odisha. It's just the first team because for first team operations and financial and logistical reasons, it makes more sense for them to be in Odisha. So then they can allocate their budget better rather than what they were doing in Delhi. Um, so I think I'd expect Pune to do better because I think if you look at the foreign signings, uh, they've Giles Barnes has come in, uh, former you know, Jamaican international, was highly regarded as a youngster at Derby. Had a little bit of injury trouble, but he's played in the MLS and uh, been had a pretty decent career as a player. So as an attacking midfielder, where he plays, he could be a bright spark for them. Obviously they've got Marcelino who can we know can win matches on his own. So that's they've got match winners there. They've signed for this Brazilian striker who again if you look at his stats, very successful in um, Turkish League and as well as in the A League. So you've got good pedigree there. And crucial player that I think they've got now is Rafa Lopez has come back. He was there two seasons ago. For me one of the best defenders that's played in the Matthew Kilgallen's there alongside him as well, experienced British defender. So if they can get a good understanding at the back, they could be a dark horse um, together. That was the end of part one of the ISL preview with Pradim Reddy. We will return with two more episodes of previews because it's been such a long uh, process. So for more technical, tactical and team breakdowns, check out our next episodes. Or maybe even the ones before. Till then, enjoy the game.